0: you are listening to a message brought to you by Christian Life Church Lempster. To find out more about us, go to www.clch.cc. It's great to be with you. I'm Tim. I'm usually at the Heritage Congregation, it's great to be with you today. Uh, how long have I got? Nobody knows. <laughs> They've left. Jason's left. Jason's left already, so Jason's left for lunch, how long have we got, okay, I think God's spoken a lot and done a lot already, so I'm going to keep it fairly short, I want to start off with a story, a story about me, yes, uh, When I was a 19-year-old student, nearly 20, so that's at least 10 years ago, over 10 years ago, uh, I was one night in my room at college, and I decided I was going to do what I decided to do early in that day. Early in that day, I thought, this is the day I will do it, what I've been thinking about for several weeks, this is the day that I will do it. And so I got a book, a little booklet, similar to this one. This is called Journey into Life. The, the one I got was called How to Become a Christian. And uh, my idea was today is the day I'm going to commit my life to Christ. And so I followed the instructions in the booklet. In this booklet, this, it was very similar to this the A, B, C, D of how to become a Christian. A, something to admit. Admit that you have sinned in the sight of God. Be deeply for your, sorry for your sin. Hate it and be willing to turn from every thought, word, action, and habit that you know to be wrong. B, believe. Something to believe. Believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross bearing all the guilt and penalty of your sin. C, consider. Consider that Jesus never promised it would be easy to follow him. Expect opposition sneers and misunderstanding. Every part of your life, work, friendships, time, money must all come under his control. D, do. Accept Jesus Christ into your life to be your Lord to control you, your saviour to cleanse you, your friend to guide, and to be with you. And then I prayed the prayer that's in there, which was this, or similar to this. Lord Jesus Christ, I know I have sinned in my thoughts, words, and actions. There are so many good things I have not done. There are so many sinful things I have done. I am sorry for my sins and turned from everything I know to be wrong. You gave your life upon the cross for me. Gratefully, I give my life back to you. Now I ask you to come into my life, come in as my saviour to cleanse me, come in as my Lord to control me, and I will serve you all remaining years of my life in complete obedience Amen. 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 And uh, when I prayed that prayer, I felt a great relief because I knew I'd done what is right. Um, The Holy Spirit had been convicted, God had been convicting me of sin, but the one sin, there was only one sin that he convicted me of, and that was to follow God is the right thing to do and give my life to him is the right thing to do. To not do that, is the wrong, is wrong. And I was convinced that if I didn't commit my life to God, that was wrong. And so I did it, and I felt a great relief when I did, it, did that. Uh, I know it was like a burden lift off me. And that's how I became a Christian. That's a very short version of my story. I want to say that your story of how you became a Christian, whether it was last week, or or over 10 years ago, like in my case, it's really powerful. And we should remind ourselves of that story for our own sake, but be ready to speak that to others at any time. Because, you know, that story might not speak to many people, but it will speak to someone. Some people have a much more spectacular story that will speak to people that need it and to not to other people. Don't need it. But your story will speak to someone. Paul was never ashamed to repeat many times his story of how he became a Christian. And we should have it ready for a moment's notice to give. But the reason I wanted to tell that story today was actually the main point is what happened the next day. The next day I woke up and God was in the room. God was in the room. When I say God was in the room, he wasn't physically present. I I couldn't see anything. I couldn't hear anything. I didn't feel anything emotionally. But somehow I knew that God was with me. And as I went about my day, I knew that God was with me. Nobody told me that he would come and be with me that day. It was a complete surprise. But I knew. Have you ever experienced in a tangible way The presence of God. So you may feel Father God just embracing you. Almost tangibly and physically. Or you may feel a deep peace. Or you may feel as though Jesus is right there with you in the room. Or that your prayers, somehow you know in your heart that God has answered. Or you hear his voice inside your head or your heart. And in many, many other ways, you feel the presence of God. You've experienced that. Yeah. what you have experienced is the Holy Spirit and he is my, the subject of my talk today Holy Spirit so we're in a series called Good News we're looking at different aspects of the good news of the Bible and we're looking at this week the good news, God sends his Holy Spirit and there should be on the next slide a can we do the next slide this is what I think you might have done on social media. I never look anyway. God moves house, shares a home in Hereford. My apologies that I didn't change that for <laughs> Leinster. <laughs> but the fact is that in the Old Testament, God lived in a tent or a temple among his people. He was there amongst them, but you couldn't go knocking on the door and walk in. Only the priest once a year, in very special preparation. So he was kind of there. And then Jesus came and he became flesh and blood and walked among a few people, at most a few thousand, that saw him in the flesh and talked to him. And that was great, that was even better. But God has sent his Holy Spirit to live in us and that's even better for us. You you probably, like me, thought, wouldn't wouldn't it have been great to be around at the time of Jesus and actually touch him and talk to him But actually what we experience is even greater. Because he lives within us. God speaks. God fills us, sorry, with his Holy Spirit. And the, the verse I want to focus on today is John 7, verse 37 to 39. And we kind of preempted it. Jason's preempted me on this one. So Jesus said this, On the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. By this he meant the Spirit, whom those who believed in him were later to receive. Up to that time the Spirit had not been given, since Jesus had not yet been glorified. Jesus has now been glorified. He rose again and went to heaven, has been glorified, and from heaven he sent the Holy Spirit. So we can now have that promise of receiving the Holy Spirit as streams of living water. The Spirit doesn't fill us because we feel today that the Spirit's moving, or we feel that we've worshipped God and entered his presence sufficiently well uh, that the Spirit will move. The Spirit fills us because Jesus promised it. Do you feel the the Holy Spirit here this morning? Let me tell you, even if you don't feel the Holy Spirit, he wants to fill you with streams of living water. It's not about how you feel or don't feel. It's about that he's promised it. It's great what the Holy Spirit has done this morning, and we've responded to that and prayed for one another, but I want to remind you of this, and there's many other scriptures, that this is a promise It's not something that happens because, yeah, that's the moment. It's a promise for all time that those who believe in Jesus will receive streams of living water. That's why we can ask for the Holy Spirit, because Jesus promised it. So I just want to uh, briefly look at a couple of issues. Um, I'm going to talk about who he is, who is the Holy Spirit, what he's like, and how he helps us. And I want to address two issues that are often issues for Christians. That is fear of the Holy Spirit and disappointment with the Holy Spirit. So, who is the Holy Spirit? Well, he is God. We can't really get our head around God. We're never going to understand God. But He describes God. God is described by the people that study these things, theologians, as one God, three persons. God is one. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. All all equally God. All equally have the attributes of God. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is God. Somebody I know, uh, a prophet, he was challenged once by uh, somebody in a kind of a different stream of church. So you put a lot of emphasis on the Holy Spirit. Why is that? And he just answered. Because he's God. He's just as much God as Jesus and the Father. That's who he is. What is the Holy Spirit like? Do you know I think well, I'm gonna, what I'm gonna do to help us understand, hopefully help, is to say what the Father's like and what Jesus is like and then what the Holy Spirit is like. The Father is unconditionally loving, patient, kind, Compassionate, merciful, forgiving. Think of the best father possible that you can think of. Maybe like your father, but much, much better. Or maybe nothing like your father, because you didn't have a good father. He has time for you. He has time for you as as his child. He's patient. He corrects. He forgives. He's not demanding. He's not putting expectations on you that you can't fulfil. He is accepting of who you are because he made you. That is the Father. Jesus, what's he like? He is the best friend you could ever have. He's forgiving. He knows you. He accepts you and values you as you are. How you are Jesus values how you are Jesus values he is he's a friend he says to his disciples I call you friends now often we can relate to the idea of a father because we can visualize humans we have most of us had vision um, human fathers um, we know fathers and we can relate to the idea of God the Son because We know what sons are like. Jesus came as a man, came in the flesh. And we can kind of relate to that. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we can maybe not relate to that the same. Let me tell you what what it's like. Think, whether you relate to the Father or the Son better, think of your best thought of God the Father or God the Son. Let me tell you, the Holy Spirit is like God the Father And he's like God the Son. His personality and character are exactly the same. There's no difference. He's not weird. Sometimes people get afraid of the Holy Spirit because they think he's a bit weird. He's not weird. He is a person. Just as much as the Father and the Son, he is a person. He's not human, but he is a person. He is powerful, but he's not a force he's a person he's a person so I said that the Holy Spirit is exactly like the Jesus, exactly like the Father let me just read to justify that claim, in John 14 Philip says to Jesus Philip says Lord, show us the Father and that will be enough for us Jesus answered don't you know me Philip? even after I've been among you such a long time. Now I want to say, at this point, because of one of my communication faults is, is I am an interrupter. I'd have been interrupting Jesus at this point, because he's making a big mistake, in my opinion here, in that Philip has asked about the Father, and Jesus is talking about himself. I'd have jumped in and said, just to save your time, Jesus, wasting your time explaining about yourself, I'm asking about the Father. That bit, if it was in there, has been edited out. Uh, Because Jesus actually, surprisingly, was right. He was on the right track. He says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. They're the same. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? If you understand that one, that's good. The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. So there he identifies himself as the same as the Father. Often when I'm praying, I'll say Father, I'll say Jesus. Interestingly enough, I don't often say Holy Spirit. I don't often talk to him. I will do more. And then he goes on in verse 16. He I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever the spirit of truth so this uh, word advocate literally means someone come alongside to help, it's translated also helper, comforter counsellor, there isn't a really good English word to describe it, but he's describing what they would have understood as a person and interestingly when he says another counsellor There's two Greek words for another. So one you'd use uh, in the case of here's an apple, and here's another apple. Another one the same. Or here's an apple, and here's another fruit, an orange. Something that's another one, but different. What he uses here is another one, but the same. He said this another counsellor will be like the one you've got. Like me. The world cannot accept him because he Neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives with you and be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Again, I would say, Jesus, aren't you confused here? Who's coming? Is it the Spirit or is it you? He deliberately uses this confusing language. He's saying, when the Spirit comes, it is me that is coming. It is God. I remember one time I was in some meetings where it seemed that the Holy Spirit was moving in great power. And I remember some saying it felt like waves coming. And one girl said, It was unexpected for me because she'd been a Christian all her life. But when the Spirit came to her, she said, I was expecting a strange Spirit. But when he came, It was the God that I always knew. It's not a different spirit that comes. And I think sometimes people think, because sometimes a manifestation might be a bit different, that this is a different spirit. No, he's God. don't need to fear anything. So that's what he's like. He is like Jesus. He is like the Father. He is your friend. What does the Holy Spirit do? Well, this could be a whole series of stuff all on its own and I'm just going to concentrate on a couple of things the spirit convicts he tells us what's right and wrong he convinces us he gives us power he gives us the gifts, prophecy, tongues words of knowledge, healing he gives us the fruits love, joy peace, patience, kindness and so on, he gives us the fruit but one thing that's really important and I really want to focus on is uh, in Romans 8, there it is. The spirit you received does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And similar in Galatians 4, verse 6, it says, Because you are his sons, God sent the Spirit of his Son into our hearts, the Spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So the Spirit inside us is calling out to God, Abba, Father, to testify in our hearts that we are his children. And so, as Leslie said, sometimes we find that we're thinking words, but our voice struggles to say them. What I want to say is, I encourage you to speak out the same words that the Holy Spirit is speaking inside you. Abba, Father. One time uh, I was in a meeting where the Spirit seemed to be moving on many people in many ways. But what I felt God was asking me to do was to say, to declare, I'm God's Son. I'm God's Son. And I must have repeated that a hundred times. I'm God's son. I'm God's son. I just repeat it over and over again. Now, nobody needed to hear that except me. I think God was pleased as well. But he knows that I'm his son. I didn't know so much. I repeated it a hundred times. And sometimes I repeat it to myself again because I need to hear what the Holy Spirit is saying inside me, sometimes I'm not sure what the Holy Spirit's saying but one thing I can be sure of because it's written here that the Spirit inside me is saying Abba Father, Father he's crying out Father and so when I say things in line with that I know I'm agreeing with the Spirit sometimes I hear him in different ways, sometimes I'm not sure but I'm sure that when I say I'm God's son or call God Father, I am agreeing with the Holy Spirit. And sometimes there's so many voices in our heads that we need to focus and, and declare the voice that we know to be true. And that is in the Word of God. We know that. Sometimes we're confused by lots of things, but we, we know that this Word is true. And we need to speak it to ourselves because our voices, our words, our lips have power when we speak in accordance with what the Holy Spirit says, what the Word of God says. Actually, our words have power even when we speak lies. So let's speak the truth because the, the power we speak lies is a negative power. It will destroy us. And So I'd encourage you. Sometimes it's hard to speak it out, as Leslie said, but when you can, speak it out. Even if you, as it's coming out your mouth, it feels like hypocrisy. Keep repeating it until you convince yourself The other other thing that I've I've not really experienced much of the fear side, I've experienced the disappointment side of the Holy Spirit. I want to say that the Holy Spirit doesn't disappoint. But why I've been disappointed is my expectation of the experience of God, which was not necessarily a biblical expectation. So we might expect that when the Holy Spirit fills us, that we feel a great power. We might not. We will receive power, but we might not feel it. I expected it to be overwhelming and emotional and generally I don't experience that. I've seen people physically touched where they might have fallen down in the power of the Holy Spirit. And you might have expectation of that. That's not really what's promised in the Bible. You will fall over when the Spirit comes on you. You might do, but you don't have to. It's not necessary. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, is what's promised. And so I've been in meetings where the Spirit's moved on people in such a way that everybody stood up front and many, many people have fallen over. And I opened my eyes and I'm the only one standing. Well, actually, there was usually one other. And we'd look over here. Yeah, that's again. Just me and you here again. We're still standing. And I wanted God to overwhelm me. But that's not what God's promised. You know, God treats you because you are you. As you said, every, our experience of trusting God is different for every person. Our relationship with the Holy Spirit is different for each of us. Uh, you know, often I've not felt what people are feeling when the Holy Spirit's moving. But God has said to me, don't feel, believe. I don't know why I, it's different. It's just the way God treats me, the way I am. I don't know. It doesn't make any difference. I've had God speak to me saying, God wants to heal somebody of, like, say, an arm. And somebody says, oh, did you feel a heat in your arm? No, I didn't feel that. I've had it when in the room people said, there's like a wave of the Holy Spirit moving across. Can you feel it? And I go, no, can't feel it. Really. And people go, yes, oh, yes, I felt it, I felt it. No, nope, didn't feel it. It doesn't matter. What matters is the Holy Spirit gives us what he promises. Which is not ooh, or fall over, or, or feeling power. Jackie Pullinger, who was a missionary, in, uh, may still be a missionary in Hong Kong for many, many years, was prayed to, for the gift of tongues. And the people that prayed for us said, how are you getting on with the gift of tongues? Said, oh, I'm not really getting on with it. Doesn't don't really feel any different. Doesn't seem to make any difference to me. And they told her, office it's not about how you feel. It's a spiritual gift. You've got to use it." And she so she started to pray in tongues. She said by the clock for fifteen minutes every day. Felt nothing. But her ministry was completely changed. And she thought, "Oh, maybe I'm learning to speak Chinese better. Maybe I." She had all sorts of reasons why. Made to explain why um, why she was more successful, she would share the gospel, people would get saved, which hadn't happened much before, but it was happening. and it's not that God was impressed with her speaking in tongues. all oh, great 15 minutes going to move more. No, it's what it changed in her. She gave herself over to submit herself to the Holy Spirit without feeling. Emotion in any way, and God changed her her um, her experience of the power of the Holy Spirit. So, really, kind of what's that's what I want to share is that there is a promise of the Holy Spirit, and I want to pray in a moment. It's kind of the meeting kind of happens backwards to how I thought of it because we've been praying for the Holy Spirit to move. Uh, I was my plan would have been to do that at the end but that's fine Um, but I want to praise really on this whole question of the spirit speaking to us that we are his children speaking to Abba Father I think that is what God wants to do more and more I think that's sometimes why we struggle with many things because we're not deeply secure in the fact that we are his children that we don't know our identity Uh, and um, the whole the question of being orphans, sometimes we, we kind of know that in our heads that we're children of God, we're not orphans, but sometimes we feel that way. and uh, We've prayed for that already, but I want to pray. And if you want to receive more prayer, then me and Adriana will be available to pray for you. Uh, because the promise is that I started with the first verse, Jesus said, if anyone is thirsty. So I'm also going to pray that we get thirsty. Do you know what? I don't know about you, but my thirst comes and goes. My thirst for God comes and goes. Sometimes I just can't be bothered. But I found recently that I've woken up in the morning and wanted to pray. Desire to pray. and Get up early and pray. And and that's precious. And sometimes it's not there. But I want that to be there. So I'm going to close. I'm going to pray. I feel God has ministered much. But I want to say, when you... When the meeting finishes, this afternoon, Monday morning, the promise is still true. It's not true just in the meeting at all times. If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, streams of living water will flow from within. By this he meant the Spirit. So let's pray. Father, thank you for your promise of the Holy Spirit. I thank you for your love to us every day. Thank you that you are true to your promise, whether we feel like it or not. You are always true. I Thank you that your spirit is within us, crying out, Abba, Father. I want to pray for the Holy Spirit to come in greater power in each one of us here, that we hear that voice louder, that we lift our voices to cry out with the Holy Spirit, Abba, Father, that we get more and more filled with your spirit. To pray again for anybody who has a sense of feeling abandoned or orphaned. That you would minister by your spirit in power. And I pray that every day we would come to you and say, oh, thirsty God, give me more. I pray that when we're, where we're not thirsty, you would increase our thirst and hunger. That we would come to you every day and drink of the streams of living water pray in Jesus' name because Jesus you promised it and you're faithful to fulfill in Jesus' name, Amen Amen. so if anybody would like prayer if anybody would like prayer then me and Adrian I'd love to pray for you and I'm sure there's others we've not got magic hands or magic prayers Uh, you you can ask anybody to pray for you because the one who answers is God he's the one that's faithful to his promise Amen